I don't enjoy the game as much as I used to. I don't enjoy it. Yeah, I don't enjoy it. It just seems to be a lot easier. And goals mean less than they did. And for me, if you scored a goal in the All Ireland final in the 80s, 90s, that was generally the winning of the game. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. We're saying hello now to uh, Morris Brosnan of the Irish Examiner to talk about the weekend's Gaelic football action. Great of Mayo to voluntarily uh, be the guinea pigs when it comes to is it better to go out of the championship early in the um, uh, provincial championship and, and have that extra time to prepare for the round robin? We're going to find out. Exactly, yeah. The, I think the bar, the last time I spoke to you, we said the bar was just please don't be boring. And uh, Mayo skipped over that bar uh, very happily. Um, I, I I think the, just one thing on that, right? I think it has been, uh, and I know I, I'm kind of on an island about this, I don't think it's insignificant to be a third seed the more I look at it. Just from a, now I, I'm not saying it's the worst thing in the world by any stretch of imagination, but if you're the third seed, it means you're, you're guaranteed, to, I, I don't know if people understand this, it's been preordained, you're guaranteed to play seed one first. So, in an ideal scenario, it would be easy to say this in hindsight, but in an ideal scenario, Mayo will end up in a group with Dublin and the Ulster runners up. And suddenly you play seed one first, you play seed two second. And that's coming off the back of a loss. That's two big games. And there could be a bit of jeopardy, which is what we all want out of that round robin. So I don't think it's the worst. I don't think it's an ideal scenario to be at seed three. I also think it's the worst thing in the world. And a six week block now, I'm sure they have enough expertise within that coaching setup to, to manage that perfectly. So from their perspective, they might look at it and say we'll be in the exact same boat as uh, Ross Common or Galway, whoever loses that semi-final. We're all, we're all going to be third seeds and it's not the worst thing in the world. At the same time, I don't think, I wouldn't just dismiss it as being totally irrelevant either. No, I, 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 um, it's not ideal. I think uh, there's no way to get into the round robin. Um, I, in many ways, there's no way to get into the round robin in an ideal scenario because you've no guarantee that your best players aren't going to get injured from the extra games. But at least they will be rested. And so, just to, to uh, spool out those fixtures, um, let's say let's say it's the Dubs who are the Leinster champions, and let's say is it potentially then Ulster runners up. There's still one more match for them against the fourth seed, and if they win that, they'll be through to the preliminary quarterfinals. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. The only thing is, though, if you if you go through as a third seed, you have an away preliminary quarterfinal then. Right. So that 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 preliminary the the wildcard weekend will be an away game. Um. Okay. Against a, another team. Well, a second seed. Yeah. Okay. The second seed will have to come through. They'll have to have survived. Okay. It'll be interesting to see how those fixtures all work out because at the moment the uh, second seeds could be. Uh, Clare or Tip or it could be Louth or Meath on one side it could be Cavan or probably Armagh mm. any number of teams in Australia yeah just before I get a, a lot of angry feeds Clare or, or Limerick Limerick obviously Clare Limerick sorry year. sorry yes 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 and yes, yes, they yes. <laughs> I'm sure they're back to themselves. Uh, so it's my, my fault. So you can you can give give it to me, <laughs> not Morris. I'm just saying, in that scenario, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for um, for uh, Mayo. However, if they've lost two games in the round robin, then I think it's uh, you know uh, very difficult to see them um, making a comeback from that situation. So, how do they lose this? How do they manage to get it so badly wrong? Or do we just need to say, hang on a second, this is actually all about Ross Common? Uh, well, I think Ross Common are they're a perfect example for me of a team who know exactly what they're about 
every single player is on the same page. They know how they want to play. They're more than content, as you saw at the weekend, to drag it down into the trenches and make it kind of um, a really controlled, managed game. Even small stuff, like I heard you talking earlier about their game management. I thought that was particularly interesting in the first half, just the fact that the goalkeeper was going to take his time over kickoffs and didn't care if their crowd was on his back and they were in no rush to, to get the ball back into play, playing into that breeze. Um, they kind of get that. They flood that 45 zone, then hit with a venom there. I thought Enda Smith, lads, was, was absolutely outstanding. Surprise, I have to say, when you consider that 2017, uh, Enda Smith you had an incredible year that year and then Stephen Rochford was the male manager. He was on the sideline again and sent Lee Keegan after him and broke Ross Cowan's heart. And it just happened that the man whose heart he broke was Kevin McStay was on the sideline for Ross Cowan. And they didn't seem to manmark him at the weekend, which was which was interesting. But yeah, I didn't, Ross Cowan, I, I agree with you. I think Ross Cowan deserves a huge amount of credit rather than it may all go totally amiss here. They just, they said it, I, as I said, after the Galway League game, they, there was a template here, try and take away their kicking game, force them to, to carry the ball, seeking that work. Um, maybe get the, the rub of the green with a couple of calls within that. But by and large, I think it was a, a well-justified result for, for us coming. Conditions notwithstanding, Morris, I mean, it took tw- uh, 25 minutes for Mayo to score their first point from play and we saw that was a, an issue that, that cropped up in the league final as well, only four points from play across the across the match. When you look at the, the inside line for, for Mayo, Tommy Conroy and, and uh, O'Donoghue, Murray and Stack picked them up and, and performed, I thought, brilliantly. I mentioned Brian Stack earlier, someone who, who stood out for me in that Roscommon defensive line. Is that a concern, that Mayo lack of scores from play? Because Davy Burke clearly said afterwards that was something they pinpointed. Well, it was a dog of a good day for a, an inside forward, Shane. You know, it's not a day where you, it was a defender's day, especially on a, a wet afternoon like that. In saying that, um, Tommy Connery probably isn't fit. I thought if that, that early chance, they'd kind of two goal chances in the first five minutes, well, especially when you have a team coming like that, determined to spoil the party. The same thing you could be said for Leitrim. You kind of want to put football out of their heads early, try and get take those early chances and don't let them, don't give them any sense of spirit and a cause, but that obviously didn't happen. Uh, I don't know, is it, I don't know, is it a, a major concern? That, that, they do have a nice balance within there, but I do, I do think you learn a lot more from your, your losses and your wins. I, that's it's a, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. And there was definitely stuff that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks within Mayo that they learned from the weekend. I, I think they have a big problem in midfield now um, and it'd be very interesting how they fix that because they don't actually have depth there without going and plugging holes from elsewhere you know you'd have to go missing with your balance of your half forward line or I don't see them reverting to they've got a couple of handy 20s but I don't see them turning to that so there's a, there is definitely there's a lot of them to work I'm not saying this result was insignificant but that stuff you don't take that in isolation from the weekends that stuff going back over the last couple of weeks and I think that that forward line if you can get Ryan Runhu Aidan O'Shea and Tommy Connery all fit throw Killian Connery on top of that I wouldn't uh, that's not where I'd be pointing the finger uh, is one of the potential solutions in midfield to get Conor Loftus back into midfield and maybe put somebody more defensive-minded as the six? Uh, potentially, yeah. That's I, I think that's uh, an interesting... That, I, it's funny, right? Because, you know, Mayo, for all the experiments that they did, they actually kind of had their pillars and didn't do a much messing around with them. Like Loftus at six, Barr, Doherty played there against Monaghan, but that was kind of firmly established. I think it, the plan was... Mike Ryan was going to be the fullback. He obviously got pulled out before throwing. Uh, I, I think their big problem, Jer, is um, Matt Ryan's form has not been good for a while now, and I think he's. There were, you know, I would have said previously he was a, a natural rival to Brian Fenton. I don't think that was an exaggeration in terms of his natural ball skills and his athleticism, but uh, they lost the battle as we mentioned that in Smithing. They lost the battle in midfield at the weekend. They lost the battle 
I talked to you about this previously after the Galway game. It was probably the only line Galway got right that day. Um, and you go back and this is becoming a team probably since the 2020 All-Ireland Final in Crow Park, you know, big days in Crow Park. Um, you can go through the games in, in 2021 uh, right up until the, the Tyrone game. Uh, Conkle Patrick took particular joy, I think, in, in rubbing it in the face of then football podcast host uh, Andy Moore and that, that he got that battle right. Uh, you go forward a year later, even the, the last two games in 2021, Kevin Feely from Clare was man of the match that day, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure he was against Mayo. David Moore probably had his best day of all last season against Mayo midfield. It's been a, it's a consistent team. So I, I don't think anybody is... I wouldn't listen... If somebody's saying he's not, he is playing well, I, I don't think there's any truck with that. So you've got three options. You can take him out of midfield and maybe play him as a, as a half-forward to try and get him back in form. You can take him out of there entirely and try and plug somebody else in there, which whether that be Loftus or... Jordan Finn seems to me like a natural midfielder and he'd be a fine partner for, for Jim and O'Connor who's doing that sort of defensive work. But then, you're, as you mentioned, you're plugging a hole elsewhere. Who's going to play six? What are you going to do with your half-forward line then? If you take Jack Haney out of there, do you have a natural 11? Is an option to... We just mentioned those four very talented inside forwards. Could one of them come out and play 11, like Brian O'Dundu or Kelly O'Connor? And that's a, lot of, that's a lot of reconfiguration for a team that looked to be on top of the world. So I'm not saying you, you tear the paper up, but they're definitely... Even when they were winning, this was an issue. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see. What Mayo now need to think about is there's every prospect they're playing. As we mentioned, a seed one, a Dublin or a Kerry next. Now how are you gonna how are you gonna match up with them? Yeah, and that's that's exactly the, the that's how you get everybody back in into training over the next couple of weeks and just remind them that there is a massive opportunity for them. And ideally that, that game is that game home game or an away game? Is that designated? Or is that sure, potentially actually, Croker? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't think that was clarified. But uh, okay. the honest answer is, I don't know. Uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about was Roscommon and uh, going long on their own kickout. Um, there's two things we want to talk about Roscommon: the fact that the backdoor cut was so successful for them, which is remarkable, really, considering Mayo have loads of people who can diagnose this, um, and maybe that's the, the Mayo's inexperience in their full back line and the, the lack of championship minutes they had. But again, that's the type of very quick. You, you get blanched in, in boiling water and you, that never happens to you again as a defence. The other thing is going along with their kickouts, um, high risk, high reward, and it totally worked out for them. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up. After Mayo played Roscommon in Dr. Hyde Park in the league, uh, I could see Davy Burke running around doing all his media and we were sitting by the side of the pitch waiting for him. And eventually he came down and uh, I, I asked him, you know, you seem to be an anomaly. You're the only team who basically go long on all your kickouts. They actually played Galway in a league game and with 100% of their kickouts, they went long. They never once went short. And that was in, as I'm sure you know, that was in difficult conditions in, in South Hill, but they were just determined to do this. And he looked back at me like I was the mad one and everybody else is mad and they should all be doing exactly what, what he's doing. That The only way you're going to score goals, he said, is, is that first phase. Uh, your best chance of doing that is by not... You know, if you go short, you're inevitably you're running the ball. And if you're running the ball, you're going to meet that what Roscommon did, what Clare did to Cork, that for kind of big body of players at the 45. And it just lessens your chance of, of getting goals. And Roscommon and Davy Burke seems particularly determined that they will get goals. That was the winning of the game, those, taking those two uh, chances. So they just decided to, to go off that. Now, it, even if you look at it statistically, it, it paid off for them. I think they scored 1-3 after their kickout uh, at the weekend. They conceded two points. So they're, they're in the plus column there. Um, now, it, on the flip side of that, you'd see other teams and they get absolutely cleaned out about that. But Roscommon seem determined, even if they don't win that ball kind of first phase, they don't have, you know, huge fetchers. They'll spoil and they'll make it really difficult. And Keith Doyle, I think, is a great find in midfield. I thought might maybe missing Ulton Harney would end up costing them. But I didn't see this kid coming and being as uh, as ready for intercounty football as he has proved to have been. So 
while it's working, you stick with it. There still is, there still is part of me that, you know, will, will wave around my, my charts and numbers and say, statistically, you kind of do need to mix it up. And there, there still is a place for, for a short kick-up. But while it's working, it's hard to refute it. Well, I think to your point, and probably it wasn't 100% this time. Um, so Keane Johnson was doing some stats for us. They're slightly different from yours, but not not much. He had won four from their own kickout, but they had 18 kickouts, long with 13, short with five. Mayo had 17 kickouts and went long with five and short with 12. So the almost exact inverse. And uh, it meant that Mayo were slogging everything all day to try and get through. And the three or four times that, you know, uh, we only need to get lucky once. Uh, they only got lucky a couple of times, and it, they kicked one three one four off that. Yeah, and this so I, I, so certain teams. This, I think this is really interesting for how you go about uh, your championship this year because you know I wouldn't say to you know if you go back to what Galway did, them, for example, this was an exaggerated form of it. But I, I thought this was kind of typical Keane O'Neill stuff. We don't want you to go long, so we're going to drop concede this kick out kind of aggressively. Your fullback line will be left open and will flood that midfield area. And in a situation like that, I don't think any of us would say Mayo have to go long. Like you kind of be stupid to kick to where you're totally outnumbered and you have to take the short option. So in a sense, you force their hand because you know exactly once they've kicked that ball off short, they're running the ball. They're not, you're not going to be able to get your kickbacks off. Or if you do, you're kicking to where there's a lot of bodies and that makes it difficult. And Roscommon seemed very content to, to play the game in that term. They actually did press on both sides of it as well. But even still, and this, I'm getting back to this, coming back to, this is connected to my midfield issue earlier. I don't know if they have enough fetchers there that they would okay. be able to, if you were just to lobby it out and kind of gamble, you know, if you if you wanted to do that. At minimum, we're not going to concede this. I don't know if Mayo have that right, but I do appreciate that teams are going after them. They did it to Kerry this year as well. They really took away their, their ability to go long and they're forcing, I think teams want Mayo and Kerry and to a certain extent Galway to run the ball rather than the alternative where you might be more likely to carve them open. How important is it for a team like Roscommon, Morris, to, to utilise a bit of a siege mentality? Like we, we mentioned, Davy Burke was in studio with us a, a number of months ago. I was ready to run through the studio wall after he left. He was He's such a, a motivating man and such a uh, exciting prospect in terms of GA managers in this country. He, he talked about disrespect after the match and he said that we were probably disrespected, Roscommon, during the week. We finished third in Division 1 and that didn't matter by all accounts. Our defensive record didn't matter. Nothing mattered. And he said, I'm sure our boys weren't overly pleased with all the talk. They clearly utilised headlines and whatever way they, they, they approached it but that was something that clearly Davy Burke held on to Yeah for the last decade we've been hearing about how high performance environments are all about intrinsic motivation and internal stuff and you can't focus on external sources and over and over again we hear people talk about how they utilise the chip in the shoulder to, to devastating effect um, Davy Burke is just the latest in a long list lads you go back Paddy Andrews talked about you about their regard for, for Mayo and the made the media darlings Mayo uh, I remember Conor Laverty doing the same thing after uh, Kiku won there All-Ireland it seems to be a very powerful source so uh, I, I think that was it's easy to say this in hindsight I'm sure I think that was very obvious in how Roscommon performed at the weekend the way they were celebrating freeze their uh, how much the kind of bite that they bring defensively Niall Daly and a lot of people will focus on the dailies and their, their aggression but he's a very smart footballer too he was kind of covering that zone and then he'll bring that that kind of war mentality that you see to, to, to everything so it, very, they very clearly fed into it, it was, you got that sense right talking to a couple of players after and I think it was part of the idea that we're coming here to we have a grand plan here we're coming here to pull off a heist and Smith actually said after the game it's very satisfying when a, when a plan comes off so they clearly had a circle around this I'm sure that stuff all fed into this idea that we're going to come and uh, do exactly what they did four years ago 
Yeah, if Michael Jordan's taking stuff personally, I think it's, <laughs> yeah. the rest of the world can maybe uh, learn a little bit about competitive spirit from him. Um, we should briefly, and we'll get into this over the course of the rest of the week and we get the opportunity to talk about everybody again because it's only the start of the championship. But uh, Clare's victory over Cork is really, really significant for that Clare team, for Colin Collins, you know, who has been slaving away for years and years and years. And at every moment, it seems like where they were just about to get this breakthrough, it didn't happen for them. And it's not over yet. They obviously still have a, a tricky semi-final, as we pointed out, to get through. But um, it's a huge, huge moment for Clare football. Massive, yeah. And it, again, talking about cliches, it's become a, a cliche to praise Colin Collins. But if you took a look at what has happened here, the, as I mentioned earlier, I think you learn a lot more from your losses than your wins. I thought it was really interesting that Colin Collins said after the game, he was actually thinking, it was in his mind what had happened against Clare and Dublin coming down the stretch there where... You know, they didn't score for the final 20 minutes uh, against Dublin. They ended up losing that by one. They were six up. I think they scored one point in the final 20 minutes against Galera. They were also six up and lost that by one. They were two, within two points of Cork in the league. So it got unclear, kicked a free in 48 minutes, and then it just it totally un- unraveled after that. And the best case of what good management is, is, is learning from that. So they were totally rootless at the weekend, you know, making a change at midfield at, at halftime for Colin O'Connor had a kind of a poor wide right in front of his goal, and, and he was pulled. Um, Gavin Cooney started both of those games. He came on, kicked a great point on his left foot coming on the loop. And beyond that, the way they worked that that final score, the clarity, talking about a, a team being on one page, that's a goalkeeper storming up the field. You watch Kidding Iran, it's from that moment on, it's runners from everywhere and he finds himself in, a, in an ocean of space and, and taps over. I thought it was it was just great coaching. It's again another team that know exactly what they're about. Like they um they're very, very, very defensive, I have to say. They really do flood back kind of hyper-aggressively and Cork played into their hands they did a thing that we would have seen 10 years ago never really engaged that zone first 10 minutes were shooting from outside it Fahey and Driscoll are two kind of bad wides from range that uh, if you have a Jeremy Connolly and a Paul Freeman that'll work to a certain extent but uh, I was surprised that, that, that Cork resorted to that but from a clear perspective it's a it's a massive result and probably goes to show as well that for all the, the talk around what's happening across the, the board here the margins are very fine here, Jar. Like you go back to the league, I know they were relegated, but they had two very close results there, and now they finally get the rub of that on the flip side. So I wouldn't be, I don't think, I think I saw something there this morning. I don't think Cork are in crisis either up here, but I definitely do think from from a Clare perspective, it was a it was a massive result. Should give a quick, uh, very quick mention, Morris, to to Armagh. I mean, it was a disappointing end of the season for or the league season for for Kieran McGinley in relegation, and they were disappointing in the last couple of games as well. But Conor Turbot was brilliant, I thought, in that in that weekend win against Antrim. Uh, and now it's a big, big Ulster quarter final against uh, against the Cavan. I think it is on that side of the draw. So, I mean, I don't know where Armagh are at. It's hard to tell. Maybe after the weekend, but they certainly were were impressive. Yeah, I have to say, Shane, I I think Armagh are in a a fairly good spot. Watching a game like that at the weekend, I know the opposition taken into account and all that, but Armagh have have no excuses. That's like they have so much talent. They just watching Ben Creeley being back in midfield the amount of turnovers that guy has Mr Gadget arms he's just so good at getting a hand in and turning over the ball he's a great kick out option they have there um, you mentioned Conor Turbot he's an electric footballer kind of eight points that's without you, you, you flash to the sand you see Reid O'Neill and Andrew Mernon up there uh, no Jalio Burns Kieran Mackin is a, I think he could be a very special footballer he only made his debut last year but you know when you've a guy doing as much damage as he's doing it was interesting they seem to be taking on water all sides but Andy Mackey, the first thing he does after 20 minutes is pull their, their wing forward and send somebody onto, onto that wing to try and curtail his influence. They've got, yeah, I think they're, they're mo- moving in the right direction. Probably would have been critical enough for the way they set up at times in the league, but they kicked an, enough ball at the weekend 
again, opposition side, but if they stick to that, um, what I'm saying is I think in terms of on paper anyway, they're in a very good spot. I don't I, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be in a, an Ulster final. All right. We'll leave it there, Morris. Good stuff. Thanks a million. Thanks, lads. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.